Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Watching models strut down the runway in hoop skirts, feather boas, and acid-washed denim that likely will never end up in the average consumer's closet may seem like a waste of time for the busy food and beverage entrepreneur, but it also could be the key to CPG success. According to Better For You food entrepreneur Jason Cohen, who has struck gold in the competitive food and beverage industry not once, but seven times in the past 15 years as the co-founder and CEO of Halen Brands, CPG companies can learn a lot from the fashion industry about how to stand out on store shelves and connect with consumers on a deeper lifestyle level. Cohen explains that what people eat and drink today is about more than just sustenance. It's about accessorizing to portray themselves as healthy, confident, and on-trend. In addition to providing keen fashion tips, Cohen shared several tips on what it takes to become a breakout brand based on what qualities Halen Brands looks for before investing in a company. So this includes solid packaging, products that are fun as well as functional, strong intellectual property, and relationships with the right people who can take the brand to the next level. These factors, starting with fashion-inspired packaging, were the recipe for success Halen Brands had in turning the jerky brand Chef's Cut from a $400,000 brand sold primarily on golf courses to an $80 million brand within just two years, and is also what helps transform the popcorn brand Skinny Pop from a $7 million niche brand into one that Goldman Sachs took public for $1.3 billion. Part of our secret sauce is we've got a lot of uh, friends or investments in some on-trend clothing companies. And when we're designing packaging, we actually ask them, what are some of the hot colors coming out for the fall or, or what are the trends people are looking for? And I really believe um, it's a lifestyle today. So the color of the car you drive, the sneakers that you wear, the hat you're wearing, the clothes that you're wearing are all pretty much, you know, on trend. And... The packaging is a, is a really important aspect uh, to that. Uh, for Skinny Pop, it was the name Skinny. It, it empowered people to feel comfortable about overindulging. Uh, for, for Chef's Cut, it's just a very clean, artisan uh, bag with some vibrant colors, uh, resonating the most important attributes of the product, which is that it's, it's a chef-based product. Um, and it's got a, a strong amount of protein in it, and that it's just going to taste good. Um, so it's, it's, it's using simple words, uh, not over-confusing the consumer with too many claims, and, uh, and making sure that it's not medicinal. Uh, no one wants to walk around with something that says that I, I'm either fat or I'm diabetic or I've got a headache. They want that all disguised in a very cool, sleek-looking package. Core Water, another example, is, is, is a great package. Um, it's empowering. It makes you feel good in, 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 in what you're walking around with. So it's, it's very important to have great taste and also have a package which is truly in line with what your consumers want to feel like today. And what I mean by that is, 
people are very conscious of the clothing they're wearing, but they're also conscious of what they're carrying in their hands or in their pocketbook. So it all almost has to work together. And if they're not, um, it's very difficult to get that consumer to buy into your, your proposition. Based on what's hitting the runways now, Cohen predicts sleek packaging will continue to resonate, but so will bold colors and different finishes. You know, what we're seeing is, uh, is, is colors like teal. Uh, a lot of blues are very popular again. Uh, yeah, black is the new white. Um, silver, uh, sleek, um, you know, products and packaging with, with the right curves in them are all, uh, are all pretty, uh, pretty popular today. Uh, marrying uh, a matte and gloss finish together, so you're highlighting the product with, uh, with gloss, but the package in the background is matte, um, are a lot of the things that we're, uh, we're, we're seeing today. But when it comes to packaging, fashion isn't everything. Cohen says functionality also plays a big role in why consumers keep coming back. For example, one of the aspects that made Cohen's veggie straws so successful was when consumers opened the package, it was filled to the top and there weren't a lot of broken pieces. In this way, functionality can lead to fun, which is another key to success in the competitive food and beverage industry. Trying to change the way people eat, trying to change people's taste, and trying to get people to eat food without emotion is a really tough task to win. And if you can get a great product that has great attributes and tastes great, well, then there's not really much you need to do to sell it because there's not many of those on the marketplace. But there are a few from Halen Brand's portfolio that stand out to Cohen in this regard. You look at a brand like Chef's Cut Beef Jerky, uh, the first thing when someone wanted to show me a jerky was, who needs a, another beef jerky? And they gave it to me on a sandwich. And it was the first jerky that you can eat that was soft, tenderized, uh, made by a chef, um, and tasted like that quality meat that you made last night you know, on your barbecue and you let sit in your refrigerator and you ate it cold. Um, then you take a brand like Skinny Pop, right? It was, you know, at the end of the day, the, the IP is popcorn, but it was a clean, healthy popcorn uh, with a branding that allowed specifically females to eat again in public, walk, walk around with a bag of popcorn and not feel that people were watching what they were eating. Uh, it made, made them feel good uh, for what they wanted. One of the lessons that Cohen learned early in his career is that to succeed, startups need more than just a good idea and funding. They also need guidance from those who've gone down the same path before them. And this is exactly what Halen Brands, which touts itself as a company by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, provides. We're not a, an investment firm. Uh, over the years of building and, and selling brands, uh, what I've noticed as being an entrepreneur myself is when I first started is there was only two forms of getting money. There was the friends and family and the venture capitalists. And neither one of them really provided you with the insight and the relationships that you really needed to get going. They would give you that money and that money would go to hire one or two people, and then before you even got started, you were already back looking for money. What Halen is, is Halen is a firm that has close to $12 million of payroll of sophisticated 
uh, savvy people who have worked on a number of our brands over the years in all different areas. We have designers on staff. We have marketing people on staff. We have salespeople who are specific to categories as well as to retailers. We have operations people. We have finance people. So when you come to us with an idea, not only are you getting our money, but you're getting to tap into some of the best resources that you could ever want as a young entrepreneur, things that you couldn't afford on a $1 or $2 million raise. For us, uh, our organization is like a family. So when we invest in your brand, um, our entire organization ends up having some type of form of ownership of that brand so that everyone is aligned from your founder to your investors to the people who are going in to see your customers. All are doing this because they believe in it and they believe that they're going to have a successful uh, return of their time at some point in time. Halen Brands is hoping to use all these resources again to build another winner out of its recently acquired plant-based Only What You Need, or Owen, which Cohen says demonstrates in spades the key attributes of a successful brand that he just laid out. When we um, looked at the plant-based uh, community, my partner and I walked a, a large retailer, and we bought a bunch of plant-based beverages. Um, and in the parking lot, we were basically throwing up on everything that we tried. Um, they all had interesting packaging. They all had great claims, but it was such a different taste profile. Um, and the products were getting such buzz and getting such large investments that my curiosity was like, how, how are these things going to be sustainable? And um, we were introduced to uh, Jeff Moroz and his wife, Catherine Moose, who were both former professional athletes, one uh, a football player and the other one an international soccer player. And they talked to us about plant-based, and we were ready to just move on, and they had us try their products, and they tasted like mainstream products. They, were the, they in fact, tasted better than, than a muscle milk or a core power or anything that was in that uh, – in that category that wasn't healthy for you. And the light bulb went off and said, well, I don't just have to go after the people who want to go plant-based. I can actually go after lifestyle people, people who want to just eat better because these products taste better than the mainstream products. So while I'll let everyone go com compete after these niche consumers that just want functionality, I want to go after the masses who really want just a great tasting product that is good for them. So, you know, their product has 20 grams of plant-based complete protein. It has only 4 grams of sugar, so there's no sugar supplements. There's no stevia. There's no sugar alcohols. It's flavored with, uh, with monk fruit. And it's only 180 calories. Um, it's got the highest level of omega-3s and 6s. And it also has no allergens. So when I look at all the attributes that they have, I said, let's put this in a cool package. Let's make it a lifestyle product. Let's like put, make it look like Under Armour in a bottle. Um, and that's what our designers did is we went back to, again, our, our clothing designers, and we designed a package that doesn't necessarily identify it being plant-based. It just identifies it as being a very cool product to keep in your hands that has all those great attributes. Um, so it works for the super clean plant-based users, and it works, out, it works for the people who are just looking for a better lifestyle, um, and it just happens to be plant-based.
Whenever Halen Brands takes on a new company like Owen, Cohen advises the entrepreneurs to brace not only themselves for what giving 110% to a business means, but also those around them. You have to set up not only yourself, but the people around you to understand that you are going for it, that this is going to take 110% of your time, which means that there's going to be sacrifices at home. There's going to be things that other people are doing on a Friday or Saturday night or going to a Sunday football game that you need to be in the office, that you need to be thinking 24-7 on what is going on and, and how to make your business successful. Um, taking your eye off the ball in an early stage investment or an early stage business is sometimes detrimental to, to the success that it may have. And the problem that a lot of people have is they haven't really sat down with their family and told them what it's going to take. And I see that disruption um, within entrepreneurs. After investing countless hours and endless love into getting a brand off the ground, letting go can be difficult, even if it's what's best for the brand. Cohen also shared advice for knowing when to let go and how to make amends with that decision. I first sold my first company. I had no money. You know, my investors were all rich before they got involved with me. But I was that kid who was putting everything on the line. And if we didn't sell, um, I, I actually don't want to even think of where I would be today, but um, I definitely had everything on the line. So selling that first company was monumental for me for two reasons. One, it, it gave me a few dollars in my bank so that I knew that what I did um, had a return on investment. But more importantly, what a lot of these young entrepreneurs don't realize is just because you know, you're working so hard on this one doesn't mean that you don't have four or five other good things to go work on after this. So your, your first deal should be that validator. So you sold that brand for X dollars and you made a few bucks, but the next time you come out with something, everyone wants to work with you because not, you, know, you, you count how many people who have actually got something from start to finish is, is very small. So it doesn't matter how big that first return was. It was, you know, your learning lesson from start to finish and, you know, and, and you got to the end game. Take all those lessons from your first sale and build a better model. Um, I always tell people also is when you're building a business, build it profitably. Don't just start building something to beat somebody in market share. Um, there's too many brands that I've seen over the years that have done a great job getting top line, but no one wants to buy it because they can't make any money you're better off being a smaller brand that makes money than a large brand that makes no money. There's a lot more buyers out there for the second, you know, for the, for the ones making money than the ones that they have to figure out how to get cost out of. Reflecting on the overall process of getting a new brand off the ground, Cohen's final piece of advice to new entrepreneurs is to know when to ignore advice. Don't take advice from everybody. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. And there are a lot of smart people out there. And if you speak to someone like myself or you speak to another person in the industry, we might have completely different ideas on, on what to do with your business. And no model is just because we did it this way is going to work for you. Um, as an entrepreneur, you really have to dig your heels in and be committed to what you want to do and just utilize people like myself to bounce off your gut uh, but not necessarily change your plan. 
And uh, I would say early on in my stage, my first business, I took too many ideas and too many directions from too many people. And that could also hurt you long term because um, you're spending money in many different, different directions based on different uh, thought processes of, of other successful people. So in short, entrepreneurs should seek out the help of others, but ultimately it's up to them to steer their ship towards success. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll tune in again next week for another installment. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.